Welcome to Her Digital Brand, a podcast where we interview founders and leaders of some of the best brands on the internet. I'm your host, Kyler Nixon, and in just a minute, I'm going to be joined by my co-host, Brad Bishop. Today on the show, we have Allison and Mary, co-founders of Tots on Target. Now, before we get too far in, I, I do want to share something really quickly with you. Since we recorded this episode, their brand has changed a little bit. And Mary is actually no longer involved with Tots on Target. It was a healthy split. They decided to go their different ways, which is totally fine, right? We're building brands in real time. So I do want to share that uh, up front, but the content that they share and the guidance that they give here is still really, really valuable. And you're going to really learn the nitty gritty of what it looks like to build a business that goes through some different challenges. You're also going to want to be sure to listen to our recap episode where we talk about working with a partner. It's really, really practical, it's really in-depth, and it's going to be helpful as you navigate this world of digital brands, particularly when working with someone else. Let's jump in. Hey, Allison and Mary, how are you guys? Welcome to the show. We're so happy to be here with you, and we're excited about this. Thank you for having us. Yeah, absolutely. We've had a lot of really good conversations in, in, the, in the previous couple of months. So I'm really excited to pop the hood on your business for not just for me to learn more, but for you know all the listeners to learn more as well. And so let's just dive right in. I want you guys to just tell us what's your brand? How did you guys get started with this brand? And, and, and what are you what do you sell? It goes okay. I'll I'll go first. Um, so Mary and I met a long time ago now, um, almost 10 years ago. And we um we worked together for several years and one day we were just chatting and we're like we really want to go beyond just the daily treatment sessions that we do with kids we love treating we love hands-on working with children but we felt like there was so much missing in um, helping parents learn what it is that we were actually doing with their children and helping parents help themselves and help their own children. And we didn't know at the time what it is that we wanted to create, but we knew that it was something. So the conversation started and it's grown from there. So now it's become a brand where we're really trying to educate parents, educate other therapists as well, other pediatric professionals, and really give a very hands-on practical um, practical way for parents to interact and help their children from babies to big kids, help them reach their milestones and, um, and, uh, you know, be in part of their environments and their daycares and their schools and their home and thrive as much as possible. I love so, it. I could, oh, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, so what started, I mean, we started with a few different things. Um, we started with an online community. So this is a free platform where parents and professionals can come and ask questions and share resources and, and get information all about child development. Uh, we had a podcast. Uh, we put that on hold a little bit, but that was also another way to reach more people and talk about lots of different topics. And we had a, some really, really amazing guests, and we should probably revisit it at some point. And uh, we talked about not just, you know, motor development, but sensory development. We had a psychologist talking about anxiety. Um, we had um, a dietitian talking about food and nutrition for kids. Um, so that was really exciting. And then the latest um, way that we were trying to reach parents is with an online course. And that was our most most, um, our most recent project, and it's an online course called Babies on the Move, where we talk about holistic development from birth until one year, and we move through the milestones and give parents just some simple tips and tricks to really help their babies thrive in that first year. 
I love it. As a as a parent with two babies under the age of two, I think what you're doing is so so needed and necessary. And I find your content is so good. Like this, it's things like I could literally look at your Instagram and go into the living room with my babies. Be like, oh, let's try this. So I love it. Are you guys still practicing in clinic? Yeah. So I'm I'm still working in the schools uh, three days a week, um, and then I do work with two babies on the side. Um, yeah. So I'm still in the schools, right? and I'm privately treating right now um, in the home setting. I um, I worked in the school setting for seven or eight years. And then I wanted to focus a lot more of my time on tots on target and I'm treating on the side because I still love it. Okay. I love it. And so, you know, really what you guys do is I think the work you do obviously is very visual, like, you know, in clinic, it's obviously, it's very hands-on, you know? So how do you, how do you feel like you navigate that in, 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 in a digital brand of bringing that hands-on visualness to the, to the digital brand side? It's really interesting. I think it's something that took a lot of practice on our part, on our part to learn how to teach what it is that we do. Um, when we're working with children, it's very in the moment, hands-on, we are using our bodies to help their bodies. And it's not always something that we um, go through step-by-step. Step. Oh, this is where I'm putting my hand. This is where I'm adjusting this you know, the child to do this. So when we created Tots on Target and we're in this new space, we actually had to learn, that was a new skill that we had to learn of how to teach that in a way that parents could understand. That's not as natural. Like there are times when we have parents come over, we're, you know, using um, different babies as demos and I have to stop myself and remember what it is that I'm trying to tell the parents. And it's um, almost like you know, when you're learning to drive and you have to like think each step at a time. And I will ask the parents to do what it is that I just did. And I see that sometimes they struggle with something, something that I think might um, seem so easy, more natural, and it helps me slow down and recognize what it is that I need to be teaching and, you know, verbalizing and visualizing um, to help parents more easily through our our videos. And even in a space like Instagram, or even on our online community, where we're describing things to parents, it definitely, it, it took time. It was a learning curve, like Allison mentioned, because at first I would use words that were very clinical and Allison would be like, they don't know what that means. Like, like stop. Just, it doesn't even, <laughs> doesn't even sound like English. Cause I would throw out all these terms. Um, so I think it took some time to really like step back. And since our mission was to really help parents understand development in ways that were really, um, more simplistic and in terms they could understand and implement. I think that that really took some time. And I think we've done a much better job. I think now when we answer questions on our community or on Instagram, I think we've done a much, much better job or even the descriptions on, you know, in our, in our posts that we do about what exactly are we doing? We take therapy terms, we break them down uh, to make them more understandable. And, but that would definitely took some time. That yeah. was a learning curve. It's interesting when we first, um, when we first started posting to Instagram, which we didn't take Instagram so seriously when we first started our business. And obviously that has changed. Um, but we used to spend so much time going back and forth, showing each other the videos that we created, showing each other the write-ups that were created. I was correcting her grammar. She was correcting my, and it took so long for us to actually post our content. And now it's, it's like nothing, but um, I wouldn't say it's nothing. It takes less time, but the, the amount of time that it first took us when we started was exponentially more than now. This is really interesting because this is now we're getting into a, a marketing piece here about messaging. So you guys come from a place where a lot of the things you're doing and the moves you're doing with children are very technical. They have technical names. 
when you started Instagram or yourself, did you start it by using those technical terms? And then over time, you've kind of changed more like kind of, I, I hate to say this word, I really do. So don't take it. I'm like, you, you, you've dumbed it down a little bit, right? For, for dummies like me, like you've made it easy for me to understand. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't say we dumbed it down because I, right. we had something initially in the very beginning called Therispeak. And really, it's not really about dumbing it down. It's about making the explanation easy. So yes. we wanted parents to understand development and therapy terms that they would maybe hear somebody saying. Um, but the explanation is what we had to really, really simplify so it makes sense. Right. That it. took effort. And um, I think the reason why we actually wanted to um, often stick with the clinical term, but explain it in a way that parents can understand is because parents may hear these buzzwords. They, they might hear them from the therapist if they're taking their babies to therapists themselves. They might hear it from the teacher at school or, or the psychologist, and they might throw around these words. And the more parents are able to say, oh, I've heard that before. I know what that is, or it makes sense to me, or at least I recognize it. We wanted to be a source where parents could take those terms, now understand it a little bit better, and understand the application of it in with their own children. Yeah. And now in this world of like digital world, you know, everything's measurable. So I'm curious when you've got Instagram posts, one's super technical and one is very simplified. Do you notice a difference in engagement on that? Mm, good question. I mean, uh, not to toot our own horn, but I, I feel like we've done a good job at really marrying both. I, I don't think many of our posts are overly, it has the technical clinical piece, but we're, we're always careful to elaborate and make it easy. So I can't even say I can compare two different posts now. I mean, it, it, because I think that's really been our mission from the beginning. If, if we knew that we understand that parents are a huge part of the de developmental process, so we wanted them to understand this yeah. information really, really easily. I'll give actually an example that I think is interesting. So, well, firstly, I would say, I think the posts or the reels that do our very best are, are definitely more the visuals. We get a lot more um, likes or comments on things that, you know, similar to what you said, I see what you just did. I'm going to go into the other room with my baby and do that right now. That's definitely going to be our, our number one because it's visual. So even if you're not going to actually do that with your baby, because you're not going to take the time to do that, it's still something that you visually understand. Um, but there was, um, one area that Mary was talking about on our stories or on a post, I can't remember. And um, it was about reflexes. Okay. Baby reflex. It's very, very clinical. Something that I say, I'll leave that to Mary to discuss because I'm, I uh, enjoy, you know, other things more than discussing reflexes. Um, but, but she was talking about on our stories and she did pull the audience, like who's interested in continuing to learn about this. And I thought the poll was going to, sorry, Mary, like I thought it was going to not be you know, so well received. And we got so much feedback that parents wanted, or, or our followers, I should say, wanted the clinical explanations. They wanted a more in-depth understanding. Now it's hard to know, is that parents, is that other clinicians that follow us? But the truth is, um, even as a clinician myself, I've learned a lot from other accounts on Instagram. I We've grown ourselves as an OT and PT through Instagram as well. And so we want to also show up for the other professionals out there who are watching us. So we're kind of giving a little bit of everything to try to, um, you know, fill the whole space of, of who our followers are.
you totally reminded me of the conversation we had maybe a month or so ago when you were talking about popular posts. So you, you mentioned tone. And I was like, I don't know what tone is. And you said, you get more questions about tone than anything. And, and you you explained it to me and it's like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. So you guys do a fantastic job of taking those clinical terms and, and making it simple for people like me. So thank you for that. Thank you. I want to spend some time talking a little bit about the dynamic of you two working together, um, because obviously we've worked with you, you know, outside of this interview, and we know both of you pretty well. And for anyone listening, you are both very different people, like very, very different people, and you think and process very differently, and your personalities are very different. And so, um, I'm really fascinated by that dynamic. Um, I, I, looking back, I think that. I would say probably 80% of our most successful brands are run by two people. And so there's got to be something there that we're, you know, not like can't perfectly put a finger on. But I guess when you think about your relationship, you guys are friends, you work together uh, on um, Tots on Target, like what has maybe been like some of the challenges that you've had to overcome, um, you know, with have, you know, having such different personalities and, you know, working on a business together? Um, I think you have to sometimes be willing to have difficult conversations because we're, we're not similar. We're actually, we're very good friends, um, but we are very different in the way we process information, um, uh, the speed at which we do things like Allison likes to do many different things at once. And I like to like focus on one thing, like close that chapter and start something else. I think I get a little overwhelmed when there's too many open tabs. Like we joke that her computer at any given time, she has many open tabs on top. And I'm like, there's too many, open I never tabs, shut them. And she doesn't close them out. So like her brain is like her computer. So yeah. my computer is only one tab open and I'm doing one thing at a time. She's like, okay, let's stop. Let's work on this. I'm like, no, like my, my brain is working on this. And so, I'm like, Mary, we got to go a little faster than this. Like speed it up, honey. You know, but sometimes it's not even, it's more about, it's just like brain bandwidth. Like I like to close things up, like focus on something, complete a task that is done and move on. So I, I think we just had to have some, some difficult conversations coming from a place of total respect. And the truth is I really love her as a person, as a friend. So I know that when we have difficult conversations, none of it is personal. I think we're just learning. And honestly, I've grown and she's grown. I think we've both learned how we work. And I think we're better for it. It's made us more um, successful as a team because we understand each other. Um, yeah, I think when we when we first started working together. So again, we started working in the schools together, um, and she was the first therapist I met in the school that I started working at, and like we clicked immediately. We just were really good friends, but being really good friends where you work when you see each other, you know, a bunch of hours a week, and then you go home um, is very different than, you know, being in each other's lives every day, like we are now. And when we started working, working together, as Mary said, I sometimes can go a mile a minute, I can talk and talk and talk and I'll call her three times a day. And she, um, <laughs> and, and I would call her and I would discuss this topic and this topic and this topic. And she would just sit there quietly and uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, and at first I was like, Mary, like, are you mad? That's a really like, good Mary impersonation, yeah. by the way. Or she, or she answers my text messages. Sure. One word. And I would be like, sure. With an exclamation point, great idea. Exclamation point. Like we just respond to each other very, very differently. And so I think it took a little bit of time to to learn each other in this business relationship, in this business marriage. I actually compare it a lot to a marriage myself because 
Um, when you when you get married and you all of a sudden live with someone, you learn a whole like who is this person? Oh my gosh! And and you love them regardless. But and I and we really do like I I love her like an extension of my husband. Um, and and so when we um when when we're working together, I think. Firstly, is our, our relationship is above the small things that we need to work out. That's for sure. Like there are small things. And I think because we've um, we've learned how we process, like I know that sometimes like when she pauses when I'm talking to her and you guys have certainly heard this too, right? Like I'll answer you back right away. And she's like sitting there quietly. And um, so when, when we're on the phone or in person, I'll look at her and be like, are you thinking or you just don't like it? And she'll be like, I'm thinking. Like I know to, to prompt her with the right question so that at least I'm getting the feedback that I need, but I'm not rushing her in the way that she's not comfortable with. So we've we've communicated through what our personalities are, where we conflict, but not in a negative way, just in how we do work differently. And um, and as Mary said, you know, she holds back more. I definitely push forward more. And I think if I was pushing forward, you know, all by myself. I might've tried 1800 different things and not really completed anything or things would have fallen short a little bit. And if we went as slow as she wanted, we wouldn't be near where we are today. So there's definitely um, this collaboration in that end as well. And then what Mary referenced in terms of like difficult conversations, I think that there have certainly been points where we've had to have open conversations about specific things, but I think we looked at those communication, you know, conversation opportunities as the business is more important than whatever struggle we're, we're whatever we're struggling with right at that moment. We're we're working through whatever it is in this way, how to spend our money or how to how much time to put work into something or which project we want to go on next and we recognize that the business is bigger than our own each perspectives and we have to get there together. If that makes sense. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And so let me give you a for example. Sometimes when you see a two-person team, often you might have one person is more the visionary, you know, big, and then you got the other person who's more like the day-to-day -day operations, and or maybe it's two visionaries. I don't know. Like, what would you say your dynamic is in that realm? I come up with a lot of ideas. <laughs> I come up. I definitely. I would you agree? I'm the visionary in some ways. Are you thinking? Or are you just yeah. processing? Um <laughs> Mary's like, this was not on the list of questions. I was giving a for example, so you don't feel like you have to fit right. into that. Yeah. Um, so yes, she comes up with a lot of ideas. I, I think so. I guess I would call it a visionary when I feel like sometimes she doesn't think of all the facets of the idea. So when she tells me I'm thinking of all of the scenarios that surround this idea, she's thinking, I have an idea, let's do it. And I'm thinking of like I feel like I think more like horizontally and she's like more vertical. So I would say maybe she is more of the visionary, but it's only because I'm thinking of all the pieces that would um, be part of this scenario where right. she's just like, I have an idea, let's go. Right. And not in so, a bad way. Mary is more, more of a cautious um, yeah. I think in general, in your personality, you're just a more cautious, like yeah. risk taker. And that's not a bad thing. So, no, not uh, at all. you know, um, I think it's great. But, yeah, because if, if you have sometimes if you have two visionaries, then you both just go leap in and don't think about it. But, you know, it's always helpful to have that one person who's like, hold on, let's pump the brakes on this for a second. Let's explore mm -hmm. all the avenues and outcomes. So I, I think that's a, that's actually a partnership to have. 
That's that's actually exactly what it is. I feel like she she wants to move forward. I'm the one. I feel like I'm pumping the brakes on her, not in a bad way, but I'd rather like talk it through and like weigh the pros and cons and like what are we hoping to get out of this? What is the expectation? Right. Not not like just sometimes though. Like I call her after I take a shower, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I have eight things in my head right now. Um, that happens on a regular basis, mm-hmm. actually. And I see her name on the caller ID. I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> no, no, she loves just me. So okay, I got I got I have the exact same reaction when Brad calls me. That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> I, I gotta ask whose idea was this who came up with the idea to create a digital brand oh that's actually a really interesting question i mean actually i think i was you. the one that pushed her to let's be our own bosses yes so i think i was the one that we let's start our own business so i i started that i yeah. think the talk i remember about- where i was sitting on my couch mm-hmm. sitting and talking to her and we were chatting this uh, yeah. And we, and, and we were both kind of like frustrated with where we were in the schools. And, and she was like, we are, we could do more than this. Um, but Instagram, like none of it was, we weren't on Instagram personally, like we're old. Okay. We had no concept that this was going to be like a digital brand. We didn't create the brand for Instagram. Like it, that wasn't even part of the process. Um, so she, she really actually pushed the idea, which that's ironic, actually. I really, yeah. And um, I see that she's a visionary. Yes, (laughs) you don't give yourself enough. I don't give you enough credit. Um, But, but I, I think that there are, and I've said this to her also, I think sometimes if, if she didn't have the partner in me to push things forward, it wouldn't get anywhere. But there's definitely a lot of like when we talk things through, when we go through it all together, when there are um, different pieces of that puzzle, that's where we come together. So yes, she definitely started the idea. And then I really feel like maybe in the beginning more together, but yes, it was, was, it was there, definitely her idea. So in those early days when, when you guys were just, when this was just an idea, um, were there brands you were looking at online? You're like, Hey, we could do this. Um, no. no, in the very beginning, you're going to laugh. We were going to rent out hotel space and give lectures. Oh my God. That was a terrible and idea. We thought, we thought people would spend like a hundred dollars to listen to us. I don't know what we thought. Yeah. And that's actually um, not a bad no. idea. I don't. Yeah. We did. We I wanted to do like a, a conference. Room. We wanted to do like parenting conferences, mm-hmm. but like for yeah. sure, you're right. I totally forgot that that was our original idea. And I was like, I was sure that this was going to work. Um, I, <laughs> I, I had picked out the hotels. I had called for pricing. I forgot about yes. that. I did. I called for pricing. I was, I was making flyers in my head. And the more and more we, we chatted and we would come together. And again, when we first started, it, we, neither of us were even remotely putting enough hours into this. Like it was a very slow start. And, and you're right. And then we decided to get a little bit more into um, schools, like continuing education for teachers in the mm-hmm. school, certainly coming from the school setting ourselves as therapists. Mm-hmm. We were like, okay, we're going to go down that avenue and we're going to do, we need to teach the teachers, you know, what they don't know that we can provide for them. Mm-hmm. So we definitely did that a little bit, mm-hmm. spent a lot of time and got paid very little to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's when we like first started getting into Instagram and we were like, wait, what's this? Like, Maybe we should think about like <laughs> doing more in this space. And yeah, I, I feel like if we were starting now, that would not have been the way we went. Um, but it would have it would have taken a different um a different path. But that is, you're right, that is how we started. That's so funny. I well, it's funny too, is like especially with like COVID and kind of how everything is cyclical, like we're starting to see brands go back to that a little bit, like where everyone like did a complete 180 and everything was online. Like now there's like 
kind of the resurgence of like, you know, doing some in-person events. So maybe you call those hotels back and <laughs> see if you can do it, do an in-person event. Um, so one of the things that we've, <laughs> one of the things that we've chatted about, you know, over the last couple of months is like the positioning of the brand and, and kind of how you relate to your audience. Cause I think one thing that's really unique about you guys, maybe compared to other brands is how you, the length of time that you kind of have your audience, right? Cause you're, kiddos are going through different milestones. And so you might catch a parent at this stage versus that stage or, or whatever. And so you mentioned earlier that you launched Babies on the Move as the course. And we talked, you know, offline about a month ago about, is that the best, you know, a product to have launched with and all this kind of stuff. And you talked about, um, you, you know, thought about the hotel thing and doing the conference and you've thought about a co- number of different things. And so um, I guess I'm curious, like the role that understanding your audience and making, maybe I'll call them informed decisions has played in deciding which direction you guys are going to go. Cause obviously you could do 101 things, but you just don't have time for that. So how, how do you guys make those decisions and how do you tap into your audience to do that? Hmm. I don't know actually why we started with babies. I know why. You do? Yeah. Um, I know exactly why. I'm going to tell you that Mary's going to be like, ah, that is true. Um, when, when uh, backtracking again, when we started um, Tots on Target, and again, we got more into the Instagram world. And, um, and again, we were both coming from the school setting. So a lot of like the preschool kindergarten was on our radar. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, my, and our kids are, you know, ourselves were in that, you know, preschool, um, you know, kindergarten area. And and we were doing a lot on that topic. And then I think we just, A, we fell in love with babies more and more. We just loved that area of development that much more. And more importantly, even we felt like that was the beginning. That's where we needed to start the education um, for parents, because that is this foundation that we're setting. And then we can kind of grow from there. And I actually want to say that I think is um, Mary's influence in a way, because the way she thinks it's very um like if if i was starting by myself i might go for kindergarten then i would go for toddler then i might go for preschool yeah. then i might go to babies and yeah, i yeah. could be much more over the place when when we were discussing what to start with mary's like but we kind of have to start in the beginning and foundational she processes, yeah. yeah she processes things much more in like this linear a linear like we need to start mm-hmm, at the beginning mm-hmm. and then go from there so go from think, there yeah does that make sense would you agree with what i said yeah there you go. Okay. That, <laughs> a marriage. Yeah, that marriage. makes sense. So is it, yeah. So now, you know, as we look ahead to like, okay, we we have this product, babies on the move, and you guys have now had conversations about what's next, right? And I guess what I'm 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 kind of like tipping my hand. Is that the is that the term? Tipping your cards, showing your hand. Uh, I yeah, don't know. Whatever. Correct. One of those phrases. You guys leaning in a direction. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm just trying to tell you what I'm thinking. Um, you know, we had talked about like what age range is your audience, right? And so I remember, you know, you guys posted on your story and you gave a few options and you said, "Hey, how old is your kiddo?" and uh, and what we learned was that the audience is actually a little bit older, skews a little bit older than the course serves. So I guess I'm just curious, like. Is that something you guys had done before? Like now that now that you're aware of that, has that influenced kind of knowing what's next for your brand? Obviously, I think working linearly is smart, but is that has that helped you kind of decide, oh, okay, we're we're on the right track, or is that not necessarily like a huge part of your kind of ongoing strategy? Um, well, I think it just reinforced the idea that we need to grow with our audience. And actually, a lot of our followers have multiple, you know, two kids, three kids. So um, I think we realized that, you know, our audience is really like zero to like 
six, you know, early school age. So I think it just reinforced that when we come up with more products, like we're planning on, um, we need to make sure that we're targeting all of these areas, you know, toddlerhood, preschool, um, which in a way is exciting because there's so, so much to do um, just because our audience really spans. Yeah. I I think also um, we definitely did have a, we, we definitely know that the audience is broader than babies. I mean, we certainly, again, started more in that preschool um, kindergarten zone. That's what we were focusing on primarily when we even started. Um, and also, as people start to follow us, their kids grow pretty quickly. So, you know, that baby stage lasts for 12 months and then they're on to the, the next phase. And this this phase goes so fast, as you know, with, with kids yourself, it just goes so quickly um, or really slow some days. Either way, um, it's kind of a little bit of both. But but we we do recognize actually the value that um, that we have of having those followers for a longer time. I think also having babies on the move. Is, is certainly not something that we looked at as a mistake to start with, because I think it also, hopefully that gives people um, something at the beginning and hopefully they like it. And then they continue to want to um, purchase products and continue on with us. And we can you know, help them hopefully over a course of several years. So if we start with that product, at least it's something to bring them in. And we know we have them for, you know, as followers, as, you know, engagement for a few years. You know, the next thing you could do is pull your audience and see if they want to do live events in hotels. <laughs> and then you'll know. We're going to be traveling around I the country. I think that's the best. Yes. It's the Tots on Target tour. If we can't get enough <laughs> like alliteration that. in there. Come on now. I'm like not good naming most things, but I'm like, good at that. <laughs> yeah, like get a bus, I think, and drive <laughs> around. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Yeah. I love um, it. Oh so gosh, I think we just started Allison and Mary's like, oh shoot, what did we just get it get ourselves? <laughs> Mary's like stop talking. She I'm has so a million sorry. ideas now. I'm so sorry, you guys. <laughs> so let's talk about what would you say in, in the course of building your brand? What's been the biggest challenge that you have faced so far? Want me to start? Okay. Um, I think there there are a few things that I think are challenging. One is actually being able to reach more and more people. Um, I think, you know, when we first started on Facebook, actually, we thought Facebook was where it was at. After we were over the hotels, then we were on, you know, really on Facebook. That's where, you know, we had grown up, so to speak, and um, in the social media world. And um, you can actually invite people, like people who like your post, you can invite them to follow you. On Instagram, we all of a sudden got onto Instagram and we were like, wait a second, like how, we can't invite anyone to like our page. We can't, it was much harder to figure out how to reach the people we wanted to reach. How does anyone know you could be producing wonderful content and spending all your hours working on great content, but if nobody knows you exist, it really, it's like, you know, the tree that falls in the forest if nobody's around to hear it. Um, so I think that that has been something that um, in, in a surprising way, it takes a tremendous amount of time. I mean, we've, we, um, actually it was right before COVID, we um, were doing several like in story tags. We would go onto stories and talk on our stories. And then we we actually did it with the speech sisters. We tagged the speech sisters and they answered back and we shared it on our stories. It took like two or three hours to actually get like three minutes worth of content to like, we posted it. It, it took so much time, but 
And I don't think we realized that when we were first starting to like try to grow our brand, it just took a tremendous amount of time to build that up. And I think um, for many people, it could feel frustrating. Like you're trying to grow your brand, but you're putting all this effort and how do you make it work? And, and those collaborations really do take a lot of time and effort, um, both in, in time and the quality of the work has to be there for people to want to engage with you. So I think that that's been, um, been a, a big challenge. And I think um, for us in particular, it took us several years to figure out where we wanted to go to actually make money. You know, we, we didn't know what we were going to do and we spent a good number of years building our brand before we actually produced anything that we were going to sell. So I feel like that's been challenging as well, just of not because we couldn't agree on anything, but I think we just didn't put enough, um, I don't know, faith in us or, or taking that next step, that leap of like actually going forward and seeking help from people like you who are going to help us, you know, take that next step with the brand. I mean, as yeah. I look on Instagram today, you guys are sitting right around 100,000 followers. How, yeah, congratulations, how, by the yeah, way. I mean, Thank, you. Thank yeah. you. How long has it taken you to get that? I looked at I looked at our first post actually yesterday. Oh. I know. It's probably <laughs> like, so bad. It's terrible. Yeah. Um, it was it wasn't so good. It was, I think it was March 4th, 2018, which is which is like it was four years ago almost, um, yeah. but I did look. And again, I say we didn't really spend time on Instagram in the beginning. The first few posts that we did were like spaced out like a few days, a week or two. We were doing a lot more on Facebook until we were like, no, no, no. We really need to focus on Instagram. And um, and once we started doing that, we really did start growing more. But again, the effort was there. So would you say, and it sounds like you just said this, I'm just clarifying it. Would you say... Instagram has been a bigger driver to your success than Facebook. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I think, I think the reach that, um, our posts can get is definitely more on Instagram. Um, even the vibe of collaboration exists on Instagram that doesn't really on Facebook. Um, so, mm -hmm. um, I think that brands are more interested in collaborating, messaging, um, you know, doing posts together. There's a lot more sharing posts that exists on Facebook, but it, it just doesn't seem to be as much part of the culture of the platform. Also, I think Instagram is the younger platform. Like I feel like, like my mom's on Facebook, like, you know, I mean, I'm on Facebook. But, um, I mean, I I'm still on Facebook. I mean, I'm still on Facebook. Too. But your mom We're likes old. all your posts, right? I mean, all of them. Yes, there you go. All of them. My mom does not understand um, social media, so, so she doesn't I, like I, any posts. I think Instagram is a younger platform. So when you're targeting parents of young kids, like more of them are on Instagram. Also, Instagram is more engaging because of like the real capabilities. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, and that's people, recent though. That's, that's more recent, recent, but you know, people's yeah. attention spans are dwindling by the second. So they love mm -hmm. reels, like things that are highly visual, just Facebook doesn't offer that. So right. I think it's also yeah. a function. Of we haven't done this platform. so much recently. I wonder, curious, like, uh, you know, food for thought, another idea um, of, you know, I wonder if like we posted more of our blogs on Facebook. Sometimes the culture of that is more people have more patience to read on a Facebook post. We should start doing more of that um, versus Instagram. We realize is just very visual. And as we kind of started with this, our stuff is very visual. Um, or we've, we've worked towards that goal of it becoming mm -hmm. very visual. And so, um, while Facebook, I feel like people are there more for maybe more of the conversations and more of the, you know, reading other people's comments, Instagram definitely is more of a visual platform. And so, mm -hmm. but again, we molded ourselves to be that as well. So, yeah. You, you mentioned earlier the invite to like thing on Facebook. I totally forgot about that. That was like the best strategy for getting 
mm-hmm. likes on a page. Like I, I worked at a church when that was the case and we would get, you know, you get a hundred likes on the post. Mm-hmm. And I remember every day I'd jump in and just like invite to like, invite to like, we get like 30 new, you know, page likes from it or whatever. That was like an OG, OG strategy for sure. <laughs> yeah. I also feel like, you know, at least as of this recording and so much about Facebook and Instagram has changed over the last you know couple of years. So who knows if this is even going to be relevant, um, you know, in a few months, but I feel like Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg has sort of said this is much more person friendly, like individual friendly. And I feel like Instagram is still fairly corporate and brand and influencer friendly. And what I mean by that is like on Facebook, we've seen brands um, that have a ton of success with uh, community groups, right? Um, Like private groups or closed groups, whereas like the pages just like aren't super you know, successful there where, and on Instagram, you can still have a really active page and an active account. So, um, yeah, I I think it's interesting that, you know, you guys discovered that and have kind of molded to that. And even reels, like, you know, you might not love reels. I don't know anyone who like loves doing reels, but you know, that it's important to how Instagram, you know, distributes your content. So you guys, I actually think I'm going to, I'm going to, um, actually say, I really like reels because, because so much of our, of our content is video now. And we're, we're, you know, um, we were before we had to pay, um, other platforms to actually, what was it that we were paying? It's, uh, it's not on the top of my head. Animoto. Yeah. Animoto. Um, Mm, we had to pay Animoto to create the videos and it was never the right sizing and it was so difficult. Yeah. I actually find for reels to stream together what I actually want to do has been so valuable. But again, it's a very, very visual thing, what we're trying to show. So for us, I feel like it's been um, a wonderful new asset to have reels as part of Instagram. And I agree with you, Facebook groups, but there was definitely a change in Facebook that went from, it used to be, you would, you would see a lot of corporate stuff. And I think Mark Zuckerberg made a very conscious choice to go more personal there um, Mm -hmm. versus Instagram Mm -hmm. that you're right. I think it's still people follow to learn and or to be yeah. entertained. Yeah, for sure. Okay, last kind of like maybe bigger question um and then we have a couple fun questions that we've been asking every guest. So, obviously you guys have had a lot of success on um social. You are probably some of the more early movers in the digital space, right? Like most brands that we've worked with have kind of come about in the last like couple of years and you guys have been around for a little bit, going on 4 or 5 years now. So, I guess I'm curious like do you have a, when it comes to content creation, especially between the two of you, do you have a, a framework that you follow or kind of a process that you typically work through for creating content? Or is it sort of just, okay, here's an idea. Let's make it happen. Yeah. I mean, obviously we're, we, we pay attention to what Brad has said about, you know, the content diamond or whatever. I think, I think we do need to yeah. get a little bit more um, intentional about what we're creating. And then also taking that information and using it in many, many recycling it in many, many different ways. So not just like posts, but blogs and, you know, things like that. Um, but up until now, it's just kind of like whatever video we have, whatever pops into our head, whatever topic we think would be beneficial to our followers. But um, I think we need, do need to be a little bit more intentional. Right. I, I definitely work more for the moment in general. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, so things just, um, you know, sometimes I'll, get, get inspired by like an idea or sometimes yeah. it's who the child we're working with. Like, well, um, there are people that will say like, Oh, do you want my baby as a model? And I'll be like, okay, great. What's your baby doing right now? And I'm like, Oh, they're almost sitting. So I say, come on over. And then whatever we can get out of that is, you know, what we create the content out of because we're working with real babies or real children and we're right. we use that content, right. um, to build. So it's really dependent on who our models yeah. are that, yeah, yeah, that yeah. we're able to create that content. Um, 
I think we used to be a little bit more intentional in terms of like those therapeutics where we used to explain more terms. I think we used to be a little bit more intentional, and now where we, um, I feel like since we started working towards babies on the move and creating the content for that, I think it was just a lot of like what content can we build and how can we use that right, effectively right. Um, to to produce content um, for you guys. I think one thing that Mary said is so true that we have to get better at that. Definitely, other accounts are are much better at which is using the same content on multiple in multiple ways. So like not just doing a post or a reel, but like also mm-hmm. talking about on the stories, which we don't utilize enough, I think. Um, and blogs, which we're certainly working on doing more of at your suggestion. Um, and using that same content and repeating it over and over again. I think a mistake that we sometimes make is that we're like, oh, but we spoke about that topic last week. So they'd be bored listening to it again, not realizing that there are many um, content creators who are saying the same thing over and over and over again in different ways. And that is something we are not so good at. And we probably, or we've told ourselves for a while to get better at, but we're not there yet. Something I've noticed yeah. recently, just looking at a lot of data is that I'll look at people's Instagram platforms over time and I'll see like the number of posts is dropping that they're doing but like engagement might be going up, comments might be going up, website clicks are going up. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? Like you're not, you're not posting, you're posting less, but you're getting more. And turns out a lot of the analytical platforms don't pick up reels. They don't see the reels mm-hmm. as a post. So it's almost, it's just, it just kind of goes missing. And that's what I figured out was happening is a lot of these brands um, started doing more reels, less like static posts and engagement was going up because Instagram is prioritizing reels right now. So that's just a little something I've noticed looking at data is that I'm, I'm noticing engagement, everything going up because they're doing more reels and less static posts. Yeah. We had one reel that reached um, 1.6 million views, um, which was like really big. Wow. I don't think we could have gotten there through yeah. a post or, you know, yeah, on yeah, Facebook, sure. but, um, but the reels, and, and we do have several reels that have gotten to 600,000 views, 400 something thousand views. Again, we have other ones that get 20,000 yeah, yeah. views, but, right. um, but the reach for reels can definitely you know, be there. Yeah. Sometimes you got to play the game, right? Like as much as like most brands don't love the, you know, the dancing and pointing and doing all that stuff. Like, okay, maybe that's not your style, but like find, find a way to, to do the real, right. Find a way to do whatever that platform is prioritizing and use the properties that you own, right. Which we talk about your website, your blog, your email marketing mm-hmm. to, you know, do those however, however you want. I love it. Okay. We have two fun questions for you. Uh, as we wrap up here. So the first question I will ask, and then Brad's going to ask the second and, and wrap us up. So first question, um, what is a recent purchase of a hundred dollars or less that has positively impacted your life or business? And I'm going to say this, uh, you can have, that can be whatever. Okay. We, we thought we were going to get a bunch of business answers here. Like, Oh, I love this book and this planner, but like, we've been getting a lot of personal, uh, personal responses. So, uh, totally open-ended there. You need to think about it for a second. Processing. Okay, she's processing. <laughs> and I will. <laughs> this is literally what our conversations are all the time. Um, okay, what is a recent purchase? Okay. Yeah. I um it's it's a little bit of both. It's personal and and brand. Um, so this might sound a little um superficial, but that's okay. I can own that. Um I, we've tried to actually dress a little bit more in our brand colors or more neutrals. Like I like a lot of color. Um, actually Mary's son, a few years ago, she was wearing an orange shirt and he goes to her. He's like, why do you look like Allison? Like, 
It's really funny. Um, so I, I wear a lot of like, I, I like colors wow. and patterns. Not too loud, but like a little loud. Loud colors. So, Louder. So um, a new wardrobe? So, so yeah, but I mean, but under under $100, because I buy off of Sheen and, you know, the China website. I don't know if you guys know about that. I've never but, heard of that. Um, S-H-E-I-N. Um, but yeah. I bought like several things that were like more muted colors, navy, gray, um, some blacks. And I feel like I can dress the part a little bit more for under $100. Wow. There you <laughs> go. I love it. I love, I love it. it. That's a great, yeah. that's a great answer. Yeah. Mary, how about you? Did you buy an orange shirt lately that makes you happy? No, no. definitely not. I don't know. Her question was <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I can't really think of anything that was like life-changing for under a hundred dollars. It doesn't have to be so yeah, yeah. changing. It could be like a little changing, like just like a happy moment. Yeah. Or like, like a treat yourself. <laughs> like, so, like, like a nice meal you just had. You go for dinner? What does that have to do with the brand? Though? Maybe it doesn't have to do with the brand. It's very literal. We talked to someone the other day whose answer was knitting needles. Ooh, That's the best that. thing they purchased for themselves. There you go. It, it, and for her, it was more of a therapeutic thing. The business is so gets so hectic sometimes. Like that's her away time. That's her me time. You're yeah, put on the spot. Yeah, I'm putting. You can let us know. Okay, I don't know. Okay, she's processing. Okay. You know, so I have one more question that we sent you, but based on, we actually did a podcast interview literally 30 minutes ago or, um, yeah, this morning. And there may be another question I might ask because of that interview, but I'll, I'll first, I'm going to ask you the one that I sent you is what platform software or app that is not social media that has most positively impacted, um, your business. So we, yeah, we were talking about this before. Definitely Canva. So Canva is like a, I'm sure you guys. Is that the one that you've gotten from every single person? Yeah. I know. Because we need to be sponsored by Canva. If you guys have any connections at Canva, I think Canva is the unofficial sponsor of this podcast. And actually, I will take credit for Canva. I found Canva. I will give her that credit. I will. That's amazing. Yeah. So, um, oh my gosh, we make everything on it. I mean, we used to make all of our posts on it now with reels, not as much, but even, um, you know, things, for, but the covers for our reels, we covers go. for our reels. Um, we were doing, an online- when we were going to do all those, um, uh, hotel presentations, we would have made them on Canva. See lost yeah, like opportunity. PDF. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, I mean, everything where did we did an online infant massage workshop? We did all of our, you know, for our slides, all of our templates, all of our images. I mean, Canva is so, yeah. so valuable. I will, I will say, I'll add to that just to give a little bit of a spice to the um, monotony of that answer. Then um, if that's <laughs> no, I wasn't saying you were monotonous. I'm like, but other people, no, I was not trying to t- <laughs> steal your <thoughts. laughs> Not at all. I thought that was a really good answer. I just wanted to add it so that it like for the listeners that there's like more than just one answer. Um, I I will say, I think the discourse platform that we use for our community, Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's like WordPress, but it's, it's discourse. Um, We've actually been asked by a few um, people, um, uh, Dr. Becky Good Inside. She's um, a psychologist on Instagram. She's almost hitting a million followers now, but um, a few months ago, and she's grown so fast, but a few months ago, she had reached out asking what that platform was. She was really interested in creating some sort of platform. I don't think she went in that direction, but um, I do think it's a really unique way. As you mentioned, people are on Facebook groups and those are very, very um, successful in, co- in connecting with your audience further. And one thing that um, that we started and we wanted is similar to Instagram, Facebook is the same way. I mean, they're owned by the same person that isn't 
that isn't our own space, as you like to say it. It's it, a Facebook group is wonderful and it's a great way to connect, but it, it could be taken away at any point. And having built our mm-hmm. own community, while it's not right now a way that we can make money um, or it, it's not it's something that we still have to put a lot of effort for. It's not just working itself, but it is a way that we are finding people are continuing. When we talk about our Instagram, it blows up on our community. People are posting questions. There are mm-hmm. other people that are answering. And so again, everything takes time and it, and it, um, but discourse has offered us that opportunity that I don't know of another platform. Yeah, that could. Yeah. Well, oh, we'll link to the discourse website and then we'll also link to your community, um, site, which is community.totsontarget.com. Um, so if you're listening and you're like, whoa, what is that? That's never heard of that. Um, we will have a link in the show notes so you can go check that out. Okay. Yeah, well, You're not insulted okay. that I talked about that too, right? Yeah. Okay. No. <laughs> so based on our last interview, I, th- this came up and we said it should be a part of every show now is we got to ask, what show are you watching? What are you binging right now? Real Housewives of New Jersey. Ooh, really? I've never yeah. seen that. I, you, don't want, you don't know Real Housewives? I'm actually shocked. <laughs> I, why are you shocked? I don't know. I didn't think that you watched that. I've been a fan since it came out. Oh, gosh, it's <laughs> 2009. Oh my gosh. What was the, are we getting married? <laughs> okay. Trivia question. What was the first Real Housewives show? Oh, um, Orange County. So it was, okay. Because there's Atlanta, right? So there's Atlanta, but Orange okay. County I think was first. And there's Atlanta, New York, Salt Lake, New Jersey. Oh, oh. Salt Lake. Wow. Yeah. You are a real fan. That Die would hard. be fascinating. That, I did huh. not expect that. What about you? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, maybe like the rules reversed here a little bit. I am more of an intense TV watcher. I watch TV on my treadmill every day. That's where I watch my shows. Otherwise, I, I don't really find the time. I fall asleep um, to the news every night. But um, so I basically watch whatever like um, TV show I can watch and like really get into on the treadmill. So right now I'm watching Inventing Anna, a new Shonda Rhimes on, Ooh, on Netflix. Is it good? I'm, I'm liking it. I'm, I want it to go a little bit faster, but I'm really liking a lot. Of course, I watched um, Squid Games. I watched, um, uh, what was that other one that was also um, Money, the Money money Heist? Yes, I watched that. Um, what's that really risky one that I really watched? Um that really risky one is coming out with the second season. Oh, Bridge- Bridgerton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. That one I watched. Yeah. Um, not something for a good Jewish girl like me, but really fun to watch regardless. <laughs> um, it's fine. I can say that. And um, and I watched a lot of Law & Order SVU, though I'm taking a pause right now. I feel like I don't love the recent seasons, but um, mm. all the original seasons, excellent. Good quality so, work. If you like Inventing Lana, go watch Tender Swindler. Oh, where's that? Also, on on Netflix? it's exclusively Netflix. on Netflix. It, yeah. it's, it, it's, it's literally it's just a, it, What's it's it called? Doc- Tender Swindler. Okay, it's uh, it's a documentary, so it's only it's a one episode hour, maybe an hour and a half, and it's a true story about how this guy was swindling girls off of Tinder. It love it. Is fascinating. I mean, not it's love that he did that. It's but yes, I probably would sure, love the show. sure, sure. <laughs> um, before I wrap, though, I've got to go back to Mary. Did you come up with a, a product um, answer? Hundred dollars or less. You asked her a different question. So that's the one she was thinking of. Yeah. Um, oh, goodness. Goodness. Uh, I mean, I, I can't think of These anything are really specific. Cute. I mean, I can't think of one specific thing. <laughs> Do you buy anything for the ki- for your kids that made them happier? So it like, no, nothing. Okay, fine. Um, Did you get like a, a Disney Plus subscription or something? You oh, know, we have that for sure. There you go. There you go. Yeah. 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 I like Disney. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> well, Allison, Mary, it's been a blast to have you on. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day. You guys have built an incredible brand. It's been such a blast. I know I'm kind of coming into this new, I've only gotten to meet with you a few times where you worked with Kyler longer, but it's been a blast. I always look forward to seeing you guys. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you.